Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over and start using it now. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, guys. Welcome back. Welcome back. Earn Your Leisure Podcast, episode six. Time flies. This is our sixth edition. Um, we got a lot to cover this week. Yeah, a lot going on. No, a, lot a lot going lot. on in our there, world. There's, there's for sure a lot going on. So, first of all, before we start, we want to say thank you guys for rocking with us. Thank you for your feedback. Thank you for your, your DMs, your messages. It's very encouraging. Um, shout out to the UK. Yeah. Shout out to South Africa. And all of our international listeners all over the world. Yeah, that's always love when we get the international feedback because it's like, wow, the reach is so strong. It's like extremely humbling and it's gratifying to know that not just here in the United States we're listening, but the message is being spread. So that's dope. That's dope. It's, it's definitely dope for sure. So, all right. We're going to jump right into it with the number one sports topic of the week. Zion Williamson yeah. and the Duke Blue Devils. So, for anybody that... 
is not in tune of what's going on. Uh, Duke, North Carolina, big rivalry, probably one of the biggest rivalry in sports, not yeah, just not just college basketball. Yeah, sports, period. Yeah. Right. So they had a game, uh, and that's like their rival. So they had a game, and Zion, being the star that he is right now, and he is the phenom of college basketball. So the tickets were selling for, I think, ten up to ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars on some sites. Yeah. And, Five thousand, two thousand. So they were actually comparable to resale prices for Super Bowl tickets. Yeah, according to Vivid Seats, they, the prices, some of the prices, were actually higher than the lowest Super Bowl ticket. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So the game comes and everybody's there. Spike Lee's there. David Robinson is there. President Obama is there. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, right? And then in a freak accident, the first play of the game in the first thirty seconds, Zion literally. Blows his sneaker apart. I've <laughs> never seen that in a game before. Blows his sneaker apart and it's done. He, he's yeah. hurt. He's mal knee sprain. So, you know, we want to wish him, you know, a speedy recovery. That was just a very weird and very unfortunate situation. But yeah. the whole conversation brought into a lot of different things that need to be talked about and yeah. need to be addressed. And really, the number one thing is. The revenue that college sports, in particular big-time college basketball and big-time college football, brings in. And we need to look at that. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that immediately came to our attention was, like, is it worth him playing again? Right? Because this guy is obviously going to be the number one pick in the NBA draft in the uh, summer. And um, he's set to make... Millions of dollars from his NBA contract as well as any shoe deal or shoe company that signs him. And people are arguing, hey, this kid is a student. He should not be paid for his services. Yeah, so that's what people are saying. That. You know, you're getting paid in a scholarship and all that. But I don't think people fully understand how complex the situation is. So that's what we do here. We try to make very complex situations easy to understand for everybody. Um, so that's what we're going to do, hopefully, with this, right? So we're going to look at March Madness. Yeah. Right? So March Madness, it's a fitting time since we're at the end of February, and March Madness will be coming up in a, in a few weeks. So March Madness is a three-week basketball tournament for Division One basketball that determines the national champion, mm-hmm. right? Every year, you know, you fill out your brackets, Big time thing. You, you, you know, watch the games. You have the buzzer beaters. You have the final fours. It's the whole deal, right? So the NCAA, right? The NCAA is the governing body for college athletics, right? So the NCAA, their main source of revenue is March Madness. Yeah. Right? And the, the March Madness, like you said, is, is a, almost a month uh, of basketball games. 64 teams make it in. Obviously, there's over 30 plus games. Um, every weekend the, the field gets dwindled down. Uh, but the money that is gross is No, no, no. No, it's, it's crazy. All right. So March, March Madness, 2017, three weeks of March Madness, the NCAA made $1 billion, right? For, yeah, for the first time. This is yeah, the first yeah, time record, that it's gone over a billion dollars. Record-breaking yeah. amount. That's how much revenue they made. Yeah. The American Gambling Gaming Association says the number of brackets will hit $70 million. I mean, 70 million people will play brackets, office pools, gambling, friends, bars, whatever, right? $9.2 billion is gambled on the tournament, right? So the NCAA makes $1 billion. $9 billion is actually gambled on it. So 
That represents 90%. That one that one billion dollars represents 90% of the NCAA's annual revenue. Yeah, didn't, so they, didn't Warren Buffett have a, a billion dollar contest? Yeah, if you had the perfect bracket, a perfect bracket, a billion dollars for the perfect bracket. So in 2010, the NCAA signs a 14-year deal with CBS and Turner for $10 billion yep. for, for March Madness, right? Yeah. So to cover the tournament, they have a TV deal for $10 billion. Then in 2016, they have an extension for 2032 for $8 more billion. Yeah. So the first contract is supposed to run from 2010 to 2024. They see how lucrative it is. Um, by 2016, they're like, all right, let's re-up. We're going to re-up now. So that we can keep the rights to it. So CBS has a few channels and, and networks. Um, obviously, TNT is Turner Sports, and they have TBS, and I think True TV. Those are the four networks that cover. Yeah, so the they game. Have, so you don't miss a game anymore. Right. We used to. It only was like channel. It was only CBS when we we used to watch it, and then they were like, "No, we got to cover all these games." So now you can't miss a game. So all right. So how the money is broken down is is interesting, and it's very complex. So I'll try to make it as easy to understand as possible. Ninety-six percent of that billion dollars goes to members, membership, different colleges, right? Mm-hmm. They break it down. So each conference gets a piece. So they have two hundred and twenty million dollar pot from the NCAA tournament. Then they split it up amongst conferences. So each game that a team wins, their conference gets paid, right? Right. And then the further they go in the tournament the more money the conference gets paid. Right. So an right? example of a conference would be like the ACC or the Big East, Big 12, uh, SEC. Those are our conferences. Pac-12. Right. Exactly. So then from the, from there, it's up to the conference to break it down to the individual teams. So it's a hierarchy system. The NCAA gets it. Then they give it to the conferences. Mm-hmm. And then the conferences get, gives it to the teams. Right. Right. So it's like a three-tier system. So, but the problem is that when people say it's not as easy as just paying. So you look at it, and you say, okay, this is making a billion dollars. They have a $10 billion deal. How come the athletes aren't getting paid? Right. Well, only one third of the teams are actually profitable. Exactly. Right. So two thirds of the teams aren't actually profitable. So the one third of the teams that are profitable, they are paying for the two thirds of the teams that are not profitable. That's just basketball. Right. But the NCAA has. A bunch of different sports. Right. And almost every single sport except for basketball is not profitable. Right. So now you have pretty much a handful of teams, right, in the grand scheme of things that are funding every Everyone. program. Right. So it's like the, the kid who plays golf or um, or the, the kid who plays lacrosse, lacrosse or baseball. Field great. hockey. Yeah, and, then great. There, and then there's a thing called Title IX. Right. right. So Title IX came in years ago, and that made it where you have to have an equal amount of women teams as men teams. Right. Whatever sport you're offering, you have to offer right. to both sides. So now that cut the budget even more, and now the big revenue sport is paying for not just every male, but female sports as well. Yeah. So it's a very diluted system that they're using the top tier money earners to pay for everybody. Yeah. Right. So then it gets even more complex because that's the NCAA is basketball where the real money is made is football. So the NCAA one football department is different from the NCAA. So now we have to go into football. Yes. Football is, is a huge generator of money because number one, it's simple math, right? If you have eighty to 100,000 people coming to watch one sporting event, 
and paying $100 per ticket, you're going to gross way more than an arena that hosts 20000 for basketball, right? The only thing is, like, yeah, basketball has more games, but if a team has eight home games and they sell out, which they do, like these big schools sell out every game, and they're getting 110,000 people to come in, it, it, it fails in comparison. No, it's different. So, okay, we had a, we looked at Forbes' list for 2018 and the top five football teams. Yeah. Their revenue, right? So the top football team was, well, we'll start with number five. Number five was Ohio State. Mm -hmm. They had a revenue of $120 million and they had profit of $69 million. Okay. Then we go to Alabama, $127 million pro revenue and $59 million profit. Michigan is number three, $127 million, $75 million profit. Texas Longhorns, number two, $133 million with $87 million of profit. And the number one team, football team, last year was Texas A&M with a revenue of $148 million with a $107 million profit. This is just football. Yeah. And, and Texas. It has nothing to do with any other sport. It's just football. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, that's just generating money for the school as well. Like you said, and the one thing we know about Texas is football is king, right? There's a reason why uh, the Cowboys are the most profitable team in the NFL. Uh, so not only are they generating money, but we took a look at to where the money is going. So when they argue, hey, athletes shouldn't be paid because they're going to school for free. Well, here's the breakdown. So those numbers that you just ran off, right? So we can talk about how much is going to scholarship. So from that money that was really generated from Ohio State, about $20 million of that goes to school to school scholarships for all the sports. Um, so they made $120 million, Right. And $20 million, 20 million went to scholarships. Exactly. That means that where the, where the other 100 go? <laughs> We're going to get there in a sec. So number four, you say Alabama, they spent $17 million in scholarships. Okay. Then number three, Michigan, we have $25 million in scholarships. Number two, Texas, they have uh, $13 million in scholarships. And then number one, Texas A&M. 10 million in scholarships. And the reason Texas A&M is number one this year is because they, a lot of people don't know is like they have a large uh, amount of boosters that donate money to the program. So that money just gets put into a pile of revenue because we're giving it to the university to help improve conditions. Number one thing we, they want is they want their football team to win. That's it. Like that is what it comes down to. We want our football team to win. We'll pay money. Um, we'll, we'll hire national championship coaches from other schools, just so that we can win. The Texas Longhorns has has their own network. Yeah, that so that's crazy. Like that is in itself. There, there are like not to cut you off, but the go. conversation of this is a conversation that literally can take an hour, right? Because, like I said, there's so many different levels involved yeah. with how much money is being generated. You have bowl games, mm -hmm. you have TV con contracts, you have. The Big 12, like they have the Big 12 network. network. So, the, so Texas is in the Big 12 conference. They're in the, yes, yes. They're in the Big 12. Yep. The Big 12 has its own network. Right. But the Texas Longhorns have their own network. They have their own, completely like, separate of the Big 12. And we get that here in New York. Like before the Big East, before ACC, SEC had their own channel, Texas, the, the school, the University of Texas had its own channel. And they still have their own channel. It shows you nothing but Texas and exclusive access. Really, what they want to see is football. No, it's different. Yeah, it's different. And then can we just go, because we don't want to stay on this topic for too long, but it's, it's such, it's so crazy, right? So we have to talk about the coaches, how much money they make. Right. So the coaches are the guys who bring the recruits to the school, um, and they make money. They make money from their own contracts, and they get endorsements. So the top, how much did the top football coach make? Uh, Nick Saban. So, I, I mean, he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. $8.3 million last University year. of Alabama. Yeah, University Nick of Alabama. Nick Saban made $8.3 How much did the, the top basketball coach make? 
So Coach K made eight point, so nine million dollars last year in salary. Duke, that's the Duke coach. And Ironically a, enough, yeah, we're talking about Zion. Yeah, in a private school too. So, so Duke, yes, private school, and the coach makes nine million dollars a year. All right, we won't even go through the list of coaches because there's <laughs> that's crazy. Then we got endorsement deals. Mm-hmm. That's another avenue that they make money, right? Yeah. So the number one endorsement deal team is UCLA. Mm-hmm. They get twelve million dollars from Under Armour, right? You have Louisville gets ten million, Texas, going, Nike's, Nike's they get cool. nine million. Yep. So now you have ten million dollar, twelve million, nine million dollar endorsement deals yeah. on top of on top of TV, on top of merch. But you still got to go to one more category. Yeah, stadiums. Whew. Right. So the largest. How much? How many people do you think the largest? Football stadium, college football college? stadium holds. I mean, I'm gonna say 112,000. 109,000. Oh, okay. Michigan, right Ann Arbor, Michigan University. Their football stadium holds 109,000. They sell out every game. Every single game. How much money do you think they're making off of that? They have 109. That's a that's a town. Yeah. yeah. 109,000 people fit in their football. That's more than NFL stadiums hold. Yeah. There's plenty that don't hold 100. Arena. Yeah. And so, like, from that, so that, that money that they generate, those schools from the football, right, some of those, that other, there's another category. So, yeah, the scholarships are one, the coaching and staffing is a budget, and then they have that other budget. So, and the others, that could be for facilities. So, they, they add wings to a, um, a stadium, or they add a new training facility at a university. But you know what the best part about this whole situation is? NCAA is a nonprofit organization. Tell us about that. Plot twist. <laughs> that's the that's the craziest part. We all of this money that's generated, the NCAA is a nonprofit organization. That's a different conversation. Oh, man. Now we have to go into a personal story. A personal, you know what? I, I'm going to start the personal story because I remember, like, I was big on video games, and um, in the early 2000s, uh, they had this game called March Madness, and at that same time. You were in school. Yeah. yeah so, I'll never forget that conversation. I'm so, like, I'm, yeah. I'm playing March so, Madness. So prior to my career in business, I was a basketball player. You dabbled in, in basketball. Little known fact. <laughs> I was a Division One basketball player, right? So I played D1 for two years. So, yes, the, the EA Sports, Yes. EA Sports, which is, if anybody's familiar with sports, EA Sports is yeah, video make, games. That's, you they know, make Madden. They make... Well, NBA Live used to be a thing, not so much anymore, but Madden is their, is their top game right now. So they had, so EA Sports used to have video games for college football and college basketball. Yep. Division one college football and Division one college basketball. And they had every Division one school mm-hmm. and they had the player's likeness. They didn't have their name, but they had their likeness. Right. They couldn't say your name, but they put your number and like your attributes. So if you were a good shooter, then your rating was like an 80 or above or something right. like that. So what was that? Like 2000 and. When was I in college? I think 2006, something like that. I don't know. Around that time. Yeah. Mid-2000s. So, yes. When I was in college, University of Maryland, Baltimore County, D1 school. Number 15? I was number 15. I remember. I was using you in the game. And, yeah, he was playing with me. <laughs> he was and, like, Yo, and, he and, like and, me. and it was crazy because <laughs> we used to – so, we was just happy, you know, being in college. I never was a really good – well, I never really was a really good video game player. I wasn't in the video games, but my friends were, my teammates were. So we would go and we would play video games, but it was just cool to see somebody that it was made in your likeness. Like it looked yeah. like me, right? Yeah. Like, so I'm like, that's kind of crazy. Like to have somebody in my likeness on a video game. We wasn't thinking that they was using us and we wasn't getting paid. Yeah. So, but somebody did, right? 
Ed O'Bannon. That's a different story. Ed O'Bannon. Shout out to Ed O'Bannon. Yeah. Shout out to Ed O'Bannon. So people, they have people only know Ed O'Bannon for this, but this guy was like the national player of the year. No, Ed O'Bannon. If you don't know who Ed O'Bannon is, do your research. Yeah, 1995 UCLA national champ, player of the year. Legend. But he's legend, legend in that. But then he changes. So the he game changes forever. the game completely because he realizes that EA Sports. So we talked about all these other revenue sources, right? Video games, billion dollar industry. EA Sports making million dollars a year, and the colleges are getting paid off for that as well because they have to license their name to use them in the, in the video games. Mm-hmm. So the colleges are getting paid millions and EA Sports are getting paid millions from video games, but the kids wasn't getting any money. So they have a class action lawsuit and they won. Yeah. So what happens is that anybody that played Division One sports, football or basketball, I think like from a 10-year period that yeah. was featured in that video game yeah. was part of that class action lawsuit. And... Lo and behold, I was part of that class action lawsuit. Cut you a check. So they cut me a check. <laughs> they cut me a check. So around like probably like three years ago, four years ago, I get a check for like $1,800. Look at that. Wasn't bad. No, nah, you take it. But it just goes to show you that there's so many different ways how colleges are making money. A lot. Right? A lot. So I know there's an argument that students are getting scholarships and yeah. that's payment. And it, it look. It is valuable because I was I was on a scholarship. I didn't have to pay for college. I appreciated my college experience. But but we can't act like a nonprofit organization that makes billion dollars a year and schools that are making billions and millions of dollars off of two sports. We have to find a way to fairly compensate the players. Or if we're not going to compensate them, then we at least have to let them going to professional sports out of high school if yeah. they choose to and not make them go to college. Yeah. Like you can't make somebody go to college and then not pay them. Yeah, it's, the only thing amateur about this is that they don't get paid. Right? They they're saying oh it's amateur. It's really a a um farm system. Like it's like the minor leagues, right? Because in and in football it's, you can't it's a go, free trial. Yeah, you can't go unless you do three years. Right. And NBA and they're trying to change that now, you have to go for at least one year. It's a free trial. But in other sports, that doesn't hold true. It doesn't hold true. Yeah. So, like, if I wanted to play golf, I can do that as a teenager. Hockey, teenager. Baseball, teenager. Soccer. Remember Freddie Adu? I went to school with Freddie Adu. <laughs> Highly suspicious. You that, thought he wasn't 14? I I don't know. That's a different conversation. <laughs> Highly suspicious that football and basketball are the only sports that require you to go to college. Yeah. Extremely suspicious. And look at the population of the people who play those sports. Extremely suspicious. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, hopefully we can change that in the in the, in the near future. Absolutely. Man. All right. So we're gonna move into the right into the next topic. Uh, we'll start with the line Meek Mill said in uh, the song "Trauma." They told Cap, "Stand up if you want to play for a team." And all his teammates say say a thing, stay woke. So one of the things that happened this, uh, in the past week was that the NFL reached a settlement with Colin Kaepernick in his uh, case of collusion against him. Um, so it's pretty interesting because people are taking different sides on it. A lot of people are saying, hey, Cap sold out because he settled. And other people are looking at it like, yo, he won. Because the settlement, in a sense, means that there's some form of guilt that the NFL had. Um, now, we'll never know because of the terms of the conditions of, of the settlement. Um, so it's a, it's a different type of take on it. 
But we're going to go into a, a, a different approach. It's different. This. Yeah, but even before we even go into that, it's, you know, nobody knows how much money he got paid. It's rumored that he got $100 million. Yeah, they're saying between 60 and $80 million. Yeah, even yeah. I heard 100 But yeah. let's say it's 100 yeah. hypothetically speaking, right? So, I mean, that is a lot of money. $100 million is a lot of money. Right. But in the grand scheme of things, if you think about it, there's 32 NFL teams, right? So they divide that equally amongst each other. Mm-hmm. That's $3.2 million per team, per owner. Which is not anything to them. A drop in the bucket. Yeah. A drop in the bucket, right? So, I mean, the, the league made $14 billion last year. Right. And he lost his salary, right? He, he was getting, I think, the, the he was on pace to make $20 million. He had two more years. I, granted, he did opt out of his contract, but he, he opt out with the, the intent that he was going to sign another deal. So, all right. So, Colin Kaepernick, before we even go into the plot twist on it, ratings are down. Yeah. Right, so you want to talk for, about that? So from two, so Cap starts uh, his, his protest uh, for social injustice, uh, specifically pr- police brutality, in 2016, uh, and he's out 2017. So the ratings go down for two years in a row. Now last year the ratings did go up five um, percent for the NFL, but a lot of that could be tri- contributed to the surprise of these like teams and great players. Like so, for example. Kansas City, right? Nobody expected Mahomes to have that type of season. So people watch. And, you know, the Tom Brady story, right? Can he do it again? So people watch. And they just happen to have great games on at primetime on Sundays and Monday nights. So that helped with the ratings. Um, but for two years, it was going down. Now, their ultimate game, their Super Bowl, actually did go down in ratings. Um, and some people are attributing it that so to the, the Super Kyle Bowl, Kaepernick. So the Super Bowl set. last year was 103 million people. That was a seven-year low. Yeah. So this year it was ninety-eight million. Yeah. Which was a, a low, eleven-year low mm-hmm. since two thousand and eight. So. So some people attributed that to the the Kaepernick effect. Yes. Yeah. We don't know, but probably yeah. it has something it has, to do with it. Yeah. I mean, plenty probably of people on it. social media saying, "Look, when we we stand with Cap," and I think we've taken that stance that we stand with Cap, and there's nothing against anybody who is in the armed forces. Like we we love and support our armed forces and understand that their job is honorable. Um, but we are, we, we looking at it from both sides. So here. the armed forces, that's what this whole thing was spun into, right? Yeah. He, he, that he was just, Cap was protesting, um, for police, police brutality and people were saying, this is not patriotic. How do we get to this point with, <laughs> no, 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 serious. It's a legitimate question. Yeah. How do we get to this point with armed forces? Mm-hmm. We're going to, so when we grew up watching, uh, NBA and NFL, this we didn't think about this. This is not something we thought about. This, it's new. It's a it's a new thing. It's like uh, over the past ten years, it's become a. When we a say real the thing. thing, people don't know the national anthem. Right. Played before a game and televised. Yeah. It's not something that has always happened. Yeah. It start, so that started in two thousand nine. Um, teams uh, and owners were saying, "Hey, we want to show signs of patriotism, right? So how can we do that? Well, we'll come up with a list of things we can do." We'll broadcast a national anthem. Uh, we'll have flyovers. We'll have uh, f- flags that are field length, right? We'll have our players standing out during the national anthem to show signs of patriotism. They even start, and, and people probably didn't realize this, but they started to do um, surprise visits from troops who had been overseas. And they came home and surprised their families. Little did people know that the Department of Defense was paying for all this. So, plot twist. The Department of Defense 
paid the NFL $5.4 million between 2011 and 2014. Mm-hmm. The National Guard paid $6.7 million between 2013 and 2015 to do these ceremonies Mm -hmm. and it's in their budget as recruitment item yeah so how did this all come about john mccain (laughs) ironically enough yeah so john and 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 senator jeff flake both from jeff flake but the reason why this is so ironic is that john mccain rest in peace he if you don't know his story obviously you probably heard of him right he was a senator he ran for president Mm -hmm. he lost but he was also a POW for, I think, like seven years right. in Vietnam. And they broke his arms. He, tortured they him. tortured him severe, yeah. right? So he came home and he became endured by the public because he didn't, he didn't, he didn't fold. Because they, they could have let him go because John McCain's father, I think, was a politician. Very powerful man. Mm-hmm. And they, they actually offered him his freedom. But he said he wouldn't go until all of his comrades were free. Right. So... Long story short, John McCain is a war hero. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? So he looks into this, him and Senator Jeff Flake, who are both Republican senators, and they find paid patriotism. <laughs> right. So he is offended by this, right? Because he feels that you can't pay for patriotism. Right. You can't pay under the gaze of this is just being done out of the goodness of our hearts. Right. We're, we're, we are patriotic. That's why we're doing this. You're paying NFL owners as a recruitment tool yeah. to recruit to the armed services. Yeah. So uh, a part of it is that they didn't only play the NFL. They paid the NBA. They, they paid uh, soccer. soccer but, and Major League Baseball. But out of that budget, right? So I think maybe 6.9 they did in 2015. Um, 6.1 million of that 6.9 million went to the NFL. And it didn't even go to all teams. It just went to the top uh, 16 highest rated teams. So, like, the Giants, the Jets, the Patriots, uh, it, it Washington. Was, it was – so, when they looked – so, John McCain and Jeff Flake look into it, right? And they find out that there's 122 contracts between the Pentagon and sports <laughs> leagues that nobody knew about. Exactly. They didn't make this public. They They just found it. So, when they found out about it, they feel – they need to make it public, right? So they have a whole investigation. The paid patriotism thing comes up. Mm-hmm. John McCain vows to change it. He doesn't because it doesn't change. Yeah. But it's still something that not a lot of people are fully aware of. Right. So, Ironically enough, the year that John McCain and Jeff Flake made this investigation was 2016? 2015. 2015. So the next year. And then the next year... Colin Kaepernick starts to kneel. Yeah. 2016. Yeah. So players weren't even required to come out before 2009. They, they stayed in the locker room during the national anthem. It wasn't televised. But once the NFL realized that, hey, people want to see this, they started charging. They started charging ad dollars. So like, it always comes back because, to the Right. Money. So is it, is it patriotism or is it capitalism? Right. Both. Right. So paid patriotism. Right. If, if I could have, Broadcasting dollars, like people paying for ads and commercials, am I going to show the national anthem? No. But if the federal government pays me more than the commercials do, then I'll show it. Right? So then people were in uproar. Hey, this guy is kneeling during during the national anthem. Yeah, but 10 years, even three years prior, 
Guys were in the locker room. Who knows what they were doing? Who knows what they were doing in the locker room? Well, the thing, and this is why, so this is the, the whole theme behind our show, right? So we look at sports, entertainment, and business, but we look at the backstory because it always comes back to the money. Always. It always comes somehow. back to the money somehow, yeah. right? So all of this was done because the NFL was paid mm-hmm. to do this. And now it's part of our fabric now. Now every game we watch the flag, and again, it's nothing against our armed forces, or our military. We love and support, but and I'm not, and I want to make this clear too. Yeah. I'm not saying that you shouldn't stand up for the national anthem, or you should stand up for the national anthem. Right. Everybody's entitled to do what they want. Right. We what? live, in, we live in a free country. But the thing about it is, don't act like something is done out of the goodness of your heart when you're getting paid to do it. Right, Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch. He said. <laughs> like, he said he never stood for and the they, national anthem. And they just realized this. Two years ago. Yeah. He said, I, I haven't stood in 10 years. And it was because it wasn't a thing. Like, nobody paid attention to it until one guy or two, him and Eric Reed, um, decided that, listen, we're going to do a peaceful protest. And look at the backlash from that. Hmm. Well, yeah. There you have it. There man. you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Patriotism or capitalism? You choose. All right. Our last topic of discussion. Oh, it's a hot topic. We going to fashion. We going to fashion. We going to high end fashion. Yeah. Gucci. Talk about it. Prada. Yeah. Montclair. But we'll start with Gucci. Okay. If you haven't been under the rock for the last week and a half, you know that Gucci is in deep water right now because they made a turtleneck that it's like a blackface thing. It turns up and it has red lips. It's I'm sure you've probably seen it. You know what I'm talking about. <sighs> okay. Then Montclair has a Sambo jacket. Yeah, you know what? Montclair is, is so disturbing. Last year, they were in the news for having the blackface patch on the sweatshirt. Last year, okay? 2018. This year, they said, you know what? We'll top it. We're going to put blackfaces all over a bubble jacket. And put it out for retail. Okay. Then Burberry decides it's a good idea to have a hoodie with a noose on, on it. Yeah. They're calling it the nautical. <laughs> the nautical hoodie. Oh, man. And um, then Prada did something. Prada had the uh, monkey pendants. In the window. Were, and they were putting on their bag. It had the big monkey displays. In, in Fifth and, Avenue, right? Yeah, yeah. And they got like Al Sharpton came. The whole big thing. Yeah. And prior to that, we had H&M. H and M had the coolest monkey in the jungle with a black kid wearing it, and they thought that was a, a good idea. <sighs> okay, so obviously this isn't a coincidence, right? They're doing this on purpose. Yeah. So why are they doing it on purpose? There's a lot of different theories. There's a thing called outrage marketing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody's familiar with outrage marketing, but it's, it's pretty much you can kind of guess what it is by the name where you just shock value, right? Any publicity is good publicity. You just do crazy stuff. You, yeah. you get your name out there. You get some backlash. You apology, apologize, but it doesn't really hurt your brand. And it hasn't really hurt their brand. Yeah. I mean, these, these companies' brands because H and M. Yeah, H and M. In eight, last year, April, they put out the, the coolest monkey um, sweatshirt, and they saw a decline. Um, temporary, for, temporary decline for two months, but their 2018 retail sales were up five percent. So people were still supporting the brand. They were temporarily outraged, and people wanted answers. And then people realized, you know what? These these clothes are affordable. 
I'm still going to buy them. <laughs> we live in a disposable society, right? And people like discipline. So they boycott for a week, and then they just forget about it because something else comes about. Yeah. So is that why these companies are doing this? Because, as I said, I don't think it's a coincidence. Yeah, how many times can we be slapped in the face? And it's all high-end fashion brands. Yeah. Well, H&M is a high-end fashion brand, but so Gucci. And Prada. Prada yeah. and Montclair and Burberry. So now they're saying that, okay, it's, it's, a, it's a boycott on Gucci, right? I'm not opposed to that. But Gucci is actually owned by a larger corporation, right? Mm-hmm. The Curring Group, I believe it's called. Uh, and they own YSL, Balenciaga, Alexander McQueen, Gucci, other brands as well. Yeah. So are you boycotting all of these brands as well? Why are we wearing these brands? To begin with. <laughs> yeah, like what? I don't get to it. begin with, why are we wearing these brands, right? Yeah. We love T.I. One of my favorite rappers. You're going you're gonna to hold that forever. I'm never going to let you yeah, forget yeah. that. In the South, I wasn't a big fan of Southern hip-hop music. Yeah. I know we got a lot of listeners in the South. I love the South. Atlanta, yeah. Florida. We had that debate. Like, I, that. I was a Wayne guy. I love the South. You were a T.I. guy. But I wasn't huge on the South hip-hop until T.I. Because T.I. Had, he had swag. He, I could relate to him. And his lyrics, he was a good lyricist. Absolutely. Dope. I just like him. I still like him. Yeah. But I don't understand when he, he so he, he calls for a boycott and then he starts out his paragraph with saying, I'm a seven figure year customer. It's interesting. Yeah. Because I mean, you have a clothing line. Yeah, cool. Which stands for A King of Oneself. You have a clothing line that stands that the acronym is a king of oneself. And you spend Seven figures a year with Gucci. Another brand. Like, I see when you see these people outside, you would think, hey, every once in a while, I would sprinkle my own clothes on, if not all the time, to promote my own brand. It's confusing. Yeah, let, let's let's spend a million dollars. That's, yeah. that's very confusing. Yeah, people were in his comments like, look, why don't you spend that million dollars trying to help another brand get off the ground or put it in your own brand? I, I don't understand that. Yeah. And like I said, I don't want to bash T.I. I like T.I. We love T.I. No, I actually like T.I. T.I. is one of, the, one of the best. But I didn't understand that. And I didn't understand a three-month boycott. I don't yeah. understand yeah, that. What do we do after? The average person maybe has one Gucci item, if that. Yeah. Two. They buy a, a Gucci item once every five years. <laughs> right. It's not like you're going grocery shopping. Like I yeah. think celebrities a lot of times are out of touch with reality. Yeah. Three months, it's like, like you're not going to, to shop right or A&P. Yeah. I saw, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, these celebrities. So, Future said that he spends $300,000 or $300, $300, $300, $300 a month on clothing. I'm like, what What are you buying? Why are you spending money on clothes when you can get stuff for free? Exactly. Or just create your own. Okay. So, this is a pretty disturbing yeah. issue, right? Yeah. And one, one of the other things that they were saying is that, you know what? These mistakes, quote unquote, are happening because we're not represented at the top of the creative chain when it comes to these high-end fashion, right? But well, that's true. That that but, is true, and um, we we've recently seen uh, Virgil take over at uh, Louis Vuitton. So, but how many times are you gonna? Okay, if I come into your house, mm-hmm. right, I can't tell you to feed me. To give me a blanket. You can give me that if you want if to. You like. You don't have to treat me good. It's Look. your house. <laughs> right? Like, how many times can we demand somebody to treat us 
appropriately instead of treating ourselves appropriately. Yeah. So, Dab- so Dapper Dan, who is one of the creative directors at Gucci, like he was outraged by it. Obviously, he should. And Dapper Dan's a legend for those who don't know him. Um, and he had the head, the CEO of Gucci, come to Harlem to talk about the issues that he's facing and, and demanded some action. But what is that going to do? Right, I don't know. Like, what, <laughs> like, like, yeah, and we love Dapper Dan. It shout, sounded, it shout, sounded good. Like no, this guy's flying from Italy to come to Harlem yeah. and talk. To, what? Who cares? Why? Who, who cares? Yeah, like, why and the thing about it is, the reason why the Ti thing is interesting is that he, by him saying he spends seven figures a year on Gucci, it's not just saying that he spends seven figures a year on Gucci. It brings up a larger issue, right? Where athletes, entertainers, rappers, specifically rappers have given free endorsements for years mm-hmm. and companies have wreaked the benefits of it. Yeah. And they never they don't pay these people to do that. Absolutely. Right? It's a status symbol and you feel that you're you, you know, you're above somebody else by by saying that you're wearing these things or you're driving these cars yeah, and you're I, making I, these companies. I have money. made it to a certain level. Chris remember Cristal? Cristal was a little known champagne brand for years. And somehow I don't Big, I think Big was the first one that championed Cristal right. for some reason. I don't know. He was also the first one to find Jacob the Jewel. It's a different story. Yeah, but the, so, I mean, he's championed it because it was the most expensive thing. Yeah, but it was weird that he just found it randomly. I'm sure it had, like, maybe somebody in it. So, yeah. they had gold bottles. That was the yeah. thing. So, he starts talking about Cristal. And then Jay-Z starts to champion it. Yeah. And then it just goes crazy. Every rapper has gold bottles, Cristal, and... Their sales went up, don't quote me on this, but it went up like 300% in the course of a five-year time frame. Directly related to rappers, there's no argument about it. Then the CEO of the company says he doesn't want to be associated with those kind of people. <laughs> right. So, so what, then Jay comes out with the lyrics? So, I used to drink Cristal. So then it's a band on Cristal. Yeah. Okay. So we've seen this play before. Oh, absolutely. And it, so it then. Staying in line with Jay-Z, we talk about Jay a lot because he's a cultural icon and a very important person. So, remember Iceberg? Iceberg, man. That was that was late 90s. Man. Late 90s? Late 90s, my God. Iceberg, man. Iconic. If when it, I was in high school, if you had an Iceberg sweater, you were elite, elite level. Yeah, so Iceberg had the cartoon characters. They had like Snoopy. Yeah, Snoopy. They had... Um, Did they license that? They had to get know. that license, yeah, right? Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse, Snoopy. But those sweaters were like $300, $500. It was Coogee and Iceberg. Yeah, Iceberg was crazy. Iceberg was The t-shirts different. were 200 Jay-Z, all he was wearing was Iceberg. He had the... Remember he had a line that Iceberg sweats with IV on the elastic. Yeah. So, everybody wanted Iceberg. Jay-Z was talking about Iceberg in every lyric. So, he figured, okay, we're spending so much money on With Iceberg, the brand. <laughs> and we're talking about it. Let's go talk to these guys. Why don't we try to get an endorsement deal? Yeah, let's have a meeting with them. So him and Dame go to Iceberg, mm-hmm. and they try to get an endorsement. And they say, no, thank you. We don't make these clothes. <laughs> no. Not interested. Yeah. Not interested. But that no turns into something extremely profitable. Yes. So they say no, and they decide to do their own thing. And make a clothing brand called Rockaware. Mm-hmm. Based off of Rockefeller Records, Rockaware, mm-hmm. right? So now they get the bright idea to start Rockaware, which they probably should have done from the beginning, but better late than never. Yeah, Rockaware, 80 million, like 18 months. Yes. Eight years later, from the inception date, they sell Rockaware for $204 million. 
You see what happens when you when you stop asking people for something and you do something for yourself? In that same time, what happens to Iceberg, though? Fell off the cliff of the earth. <laughs> disappeared for... They're making a resurgence Yeah, they're now. coming back now, but they disappeared for 15 to 20 years. Why? Disappeared. Because the rappers stopped talking about them. Yeah, we don't, have, we, we don't want you. Thank you. We'll move on. So, I don't understand why this is such a hard concept to understand. That's a perfect case study. Yeah. They, they blew up Iceberg. They approached Iceberg for endorsement. Iceberg says no. They start their own company. Iceberg falls off the cliff of the earth. Their company that they start, they sell for a quarter billion dollars in eight years. Yeah. But, I mean, they did that with the liquor, too. So, like, they did Cristal, and that turned into Armandale, and that turned into Ace of Spades. Ace of Spades, and that turned into Ducey. So, I mean, all right, cool. You don't want us to drink your stuff? We'll make our own. When will we learn? When will we learn? <laughs> I don't know. When I don't will know. we learn? I don't know. I'll, can we just on on Burberry, Bur, oh, Burberry, really quickly? So the news hoodie is, is like, if you've seen the news hoodie, like, it, there's no. No, I did on purpose. No, I did on purpose. Right. So the, the creative director at Burberry is now Ricardo Tici, and he's been like known for in the fashion world for many years. He was a creative director at uh, Givenchy. Um, and Jay said his name in the song too, right? Ricardo Tici Da Vici Clothes, clothes right? So my thing is like, yes, is he from the, our culture? No. But has he been around it enough? Absolutely, right? He collaborated with Kanye to do the Watch the Throne album cover. He did the, um, what's the album? What's the label he had? Oh, Good Music. When they put out their Crew Summer, he did the cover with him. He's collaborated with Jay and Beyonce for their tour. He, he Same thing with Rihanna. So he's been around the culture enough. There's no reasonable explanation why you would be the creative director. You saw that this design was coming down the line, and you pressed okay. Not on the it. worst part. The worst part is that they apologized, and in the apology, they, they apologized. Yeah, suicide. For suicide. Yes, we're sensitive about suicide. Yeah, we're not, absolutely. We're not, no, we're not. Yeah, but and then they say racial insensitivity. insensitivity. Yeah, it's not something to be joked at. Thousands of black people were lynched in the South. Mm-hmm. Over a hundred years. It's yeah. not racial insensitivity. <laughs> right. It's lynching. So they don't even apologize for that aspect of yeah. it. Well they they I think that one of the models apologized and they, they cut her quote a little bit. So she did apologize. I mean, one of the models who was in the show did not want it to, them to do this, right? She was like, Listen, don't don't do this. This is ridiculous. You shouldn't walk down the runway with this and they went ahead and did it anyway. And then that was part of her apology. That's suicide. Is not something that we should joke with, and then the racial insensitivity. But again, like, who okayed that to go down your runway? You know what? It doesn't even matter. Who cares? Stop supporting it. Yeah. Or just take it. But I'm not asking for an apology. Somebody don't know how to treat me. I'm not asking for them to apologize to me. Yeah. They've already shown me who they are. I believe them. When they show you who you are, when somebody shows you who they are, you should believe them. Save Save your apology. Yeah. I'm good. All right. Okay, guys. Uh, thank you for rocking with us. That is the end. But before we leave, we want to announce some exciting news. Yeah, we got some big things coming All you up. guys been asking about YouTube, it's here. We are on YouTube now. I will be posting the link. We will be posting a link on our page. I'll post a link on my personal page. We already have the YouTube channel. Earn Your Leisure is YouTube. You can go on. Please subscribe. Mm-hmm. Please subscribe. Uh, and then we will have other stuff that we have coming down the pipeline as well. Yeah, we got some cool things coming down the way. Um, and before we go on this episode, I would be remiss if we didn't wish you a happy birthday, man. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you. Another, another year, another 
another year of Pisces, greatness, man. Pisces Nation. Yeah, before the, so happy birthday to you, many more, my brother. And uh, thank you all for rocking with us. Again, like we said, the feedback is always appreciated. Um, and the, the people who are reaching out from different parts of the world, keep them coming. Let us know where you're from. Um, and we'll, we'll definitely keep going as long as y'all keep supporting, man. Thank you. Peace. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.